In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome back to Shit Show, your weekly podcast where we investigate and bring to you the worst examples of humanity and the greatest dumpsterfies. I'm joined by my co-host Rig. How are you, buddy? Ni hao. How are you? My good friend, are you going to just wait on me to bring all the energy? Because, my God, newsreaders have more charisma than what you just gave the people. Newsreaders bring it all the time. That is a (laughs) terrible example. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we can't all have a lackadaisical job like you. You just cruise pubs, (laughs) rapping fresh with people. I'm there, nose to the grindstone, trying to bring food to my family. Through jazz. Yes, through jazz, the most unpopular music form on the planet. It is a slog. It's a hard job, a very hard job. Have you ever tried to convince somebody that hates things that they should buy something? Yeah, that's exactly my job. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't what, realize that. What, I didn't realize that pubs were run by people who hate beer. <laughs> what do you? You'd be surprised. <laughs> anyway, yes, and also I may be a little, a little down on energy because. It is day 11 of my wife's birthday month, a.k.a. Crackfest, (laughs) which means... How how have you not been sued by the Australian Plumbers Association? (laughs) (laughs) It's their AGM. I thought you were about to be like... Crackfest. The Mount Druitt Community Festival, (laughs) a.k.a. Crackfest. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, and it consists of 30 days of... Uh, slowly escalating in both price and uh, <laughs> <laughs> intensity events. All the work you do for the rest of the year just leads up to the spending <laughs> for Crackfest. Oh, it's huge. It's, oh, it's reverse Christmas. <laughs> you should see the P&L. My God, is it red? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's what I've been up to. Yikes. Yeah. Well, I've been up to nothing. <laughs> so I just... <laughs> I've just been working like a dog, so I've got nothing. I've been out there, nose to the grindstone, cruising pubs. <laughs> you moron. I did hear uh, overhear a conversation you were having with your mum before we went on air where she was asking about her Esther and you provided her the legal and totally straight-up advice. Nah, just say you're staying in one place. What's the worst that can happen? When has that ever come back to bite anybody? Guarantee once. Absolutely but once. It, all it takes is one person, one pencil pusher to look into it and be like, wonder if this actually is their point of contact. <laughs> and then it's just like, hello, Hilton Salt Lake City. Is Oscar there? No? Fantastic. Hangs up the phone. Got him. No. <laughs> what, what I mean is that you originally said, oh, I just put down the RV. When I assume your mum asked, what's the address that uh, you put down when you went to the States? To be fair... It's a car. (laughs) You cannot put down an address, you raving lunatic. Well, if it doesn't have an address, why is it called a mobile home? It's a great question. Once again, you're not allowed back to the States. (laughs) 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 Anyway, we'll dive into it. The first cab off the rank segment-wise, because you are bringing us uh, all of the entrees this week. Yes. Is Trainwreck Trophy. You've gone through the internet. You have made sure that I do the sting by yep. doing that signal that we do. <laughs> oh, dear. No inner monologue. Play the sting.
Ah oui, oui. Great. Good. <laughs> this show is running like clockwork. I, the, the gesture I was giving you was the universal wrap it up right. <laughs> circular motion. <laughs> oh, the old comedy lasso. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> the old play it again, Sam. Perfect. Anyway, what do you got for us? All right, mate. So uh, we are heading straight to the, as you so eloquently put it the other week, the warm, stupid shores of America. Wonderful. So a guy is in court at the moment for sending a bomb to his ex-friend. <laughs> was it an ex-friend I, before the bomb was sent? <laughs> I love because it definitely is after. I remember just reading it and being like, ex-friend. How is that for a designation? <laughs> it was like, well, actually, like people don't say that. They were like, well, he's my ex-friend. They don't say it like it's your ex-girlfriend or your, your ex-boyfriend. It's just like, yeah, my ex-friend we we don't talk anymore they're just like we used to be friends no i like to think of it like x-men like it's just no me and my super mutant friend holy shit yeah he has knives that come out of his knuckles yeah talking about professor ex-friend we weren't friends he just needed a lot of disabled things that i couldn't deal with exactly so he gets thrown into court for sending a bomb to his ex-friend why because he let his friend borrow his tools and his friend hadn't given them back. <laughs> Hold on. Fantastic. <laughs> is, is this friend, vis-a-vis ex-friend, actually Shannon Knoll? Because this sounds suspiciously <laughs> like every Facebook post ever. Yeah. In the, oh, the last oh my God. Well, at least if, in the last couple of years from Knollsy. So if, if people don't know about this, Shannon Knoll, there's a Facebook profile or not profile it's a facebook it's page, page dedicated to him and he, he will regularly post on it and there has become <laughs> thank you for explaining facebook if you didn't already first, know that about first facebook, switch on your modem <laughs> then <laughs> we welcome all of the baby boomers to this podcast <laughs> and we wish you adieu <laughs> welcome to crackles yeah yeah <laughs> so basically he, he's running this page and it became a meme a few years ago where people had a template for speaking to Nolsey and it was done in this very Australian way, which was essentially the formula went, hey, mate, it, you it, know, it, bet, it, bet that's not the first time a bird shat on your chest. Hey, plugger, lol, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, if you could return that whippersnipper that you borrowed from me three years ago, that'd be good. The missus is getting up me. All right, cheers, hooroo, bye. It's exactly that, but over and over and over. Yeah. And can you imagine the day that he went from getting 15 likes on a photo to getting 25,000 likes on a photo? And yeah. his first reaction would have gone, oh, my God, I'm, I'm big again. <laughs> then he started reading the comments. But he's embraced it. Oh, he, yeah. So it's the only thing you can do because if you if you let it get to you, it's like dealing with your brother growing up or a, or a sibling. If you pay them attention, then they've won. So you're just like, <laughs> if he if he got angry at it, then it's like, great, we've annoyed him. Let's go harder. <laughs> well, that did not deter people. I mean, him steering into the skid did not help because people <laughs> were all over this like a rash. <laughs> yes. Um, so we get this list of uh, all the headline artists and how much they cost from Sony each month. And so pre this, 
uh, Shannon Knoll with a full band was ten grand, which yep. in the scheme of Guy Sebastian charges one hundred and fifty is a big slight. Yeah, and the the idle curse continues for <laughs> Nolsey because <laughs> that is that's not second on idle. That is daylight. Oh, it's a it's a long long gap in between uh, Guy and Shannon Knoll. Anyway, so after this happens and he becomes an internet sensation, he's twenty five to thirty k just to get out of bed now. Wow. So everyone's done him a monster favour to the wallet. And all it takes is blokes making jokes about him taking their tools and having birds shit on his chest. Oh, yeah. There's a... There's a Small cu- price to pay. <laughs> he definitely... I'd let an actual bird shit on, <laughs> shit on my chest. For, 20, for 25 grand, grand, you could do whatever. There we go. And uh, to all of Riggs' past Tinder dates who <laughs> now realise that they could have been paid for what they did, I'll give you Riggs' email address <laughs> at the end of this. Hey, I told you, I might be half German, but I full-blooded loved it. So... After that segue, <laughs> After back, that segue to trophy. back to Trey Back to Trey Trophy. So he let the friend borrow his tools. His friend didn't give him back. So rather than talk it over, send an annoyed message or contact the police like a regular human, Rob Alexander Stout took an airbag from a car at a fucking wreck yard and was just like, he created a home-style bomb and left it for his ex-friend. It apparently went off with the force quote of a M80, which is an extremely... Extremely potent firework. Oh my that god! That like blows up pieces of land when it goes <laughs> off. Like oh, it's hectic. On. This is a firework. It's that blows up pieces of land. No, well, it's it is like that. Yeah. So it's like it's not. He's not fucking around. Yeah, completely. He's throwing a hand grenade at his mate. Yeah, because he said, "quote It was just made to hurt his ego and give me my stuff back." You know, like a wake up call. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why he didn't make it an actual. Like, full-blown, like... Death bomb. Explosive. Yeah. <laughs> death bomb, which is what they're known in wartime. Absolutely. He threw a bomb at you. What sort? A death bomb. Oh, God. Oh, God. I thought it was going to be one of those... I thought it was just a weird airbag from I thought Wreckers. It was... <laughs> I thought it was the land blower. <laughs> anyway, that so... guy's my ex-friend now. Yeah, so the thing explodes. And like we said, it wasn't a death bomb. But what was inside? A heap of dog shit. Surprise <laughs> poos in the news. Play the sting. Who can it be now? 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 <laughs> oh, oh, you <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> you actual piece of shit. The, the, the best thing about you this, piece though, of shit inside an airbag <laughs> that, has that has exploded and taken out base doorstep <laughs> covering me in your shit. Yeah, I know. Well, we all have dreams. Oh, God. So... But uh, the, the, right the, off the bat. But the great thing about God, this... God, I went in deep. Other than... I was at the very I end. I know, but other than the poos in the news, the actual court proceedings were a farce. How's this? So he has 14 previous convictions, right? 10 felonies and 4 misdemeanors. Nothing... Hold on. <laughs> Hang on. So this no, isn't no, his like, first rodeo. Yeah, but it's like no violent crime or, or hurting people or whatever. Still doesn't make it any better, but I'm just saying it's bad. But <laughs> this is his quotes are 24 karat gold. So, quote, I guess the right way would have been to get a police officer involved. But you could see my history. I'm not psyched where I'm calling the cops, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so the cops, when they when they had the explosion, the dude's covered in shit, the ex-friend, and goes, yeah, look, this has to be Rob Alexander Stout. 
because he does shit like this. And they were like, great. So they grab a warrant. They go into his house and they find a shotgun and meth, which, as we all know, is one rattlesnake away from a fucking party. That, that, is, that is nothing if not a Uraniborg. <laughs> it's a, a Uraniborg situation. <laughs> My God. It, all he's missing is the uranium. Oh, wow. And that carries no extra charges. No. Um, but also, can we just uh, roll back one second? Yeah. So you're telling me that you reckon that someone with 10 felonies is just a small-time dude. You Okay, this is my argument. My argument is this. In the famous words of Childish Gambino, this is America. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I do think 10 non-violent felonies and four misdemeanors is not that much in the scheme of things. Yeah, I can... Your rebuttal, sir? Uh, It's 10 felonies, which is 10 more than I think most people (laughs) would call fine. (laughs) It's ten more than I would want. That's for sure. Well, it's it's ten. I'm I'm surprised that his friend uh, hung around for this long. Unless his friend is also uh, an ex-con. When you're looking at a, a bloke, bloke who's got ten strikes, oh. ten strikes, and you're going, great. You know what I'm going to do? Take some of this guy's stuff and not give it back. <laughs> nope. Ten yeah. felonies. You that guy's de- unhinged. Yeah. You are definitely not getting anything from that. I also like that ex-con ex-friend. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another quote. With 14 priors on my record, I don't look real good on the application process. Why would they pick someone with no driver's license, terrible driving history, and 14 convictions to employ over somebody who doesn't have all that stuff? I'm very employable. I've got a lot of skills. I just don't look good on paper. The judge goes, what about all the meth at your house? And he goes, oh, I got ya. <laughs> Literally, that is a quote. I got ya. <laughs> Sir, I'd like like, to ask you about all... People aren't... (laughs) Employers aren't psyched about meth either. And he goes, oh, I gotcha. (laughs) Oh, well, that is a completely different perspective. (laughs) I guess I never thought about it that way. Sir, your house was full of crystal methane. (laughs) (laughs) What do you have to say about that? So good. So anyway, in the end, he he avoided prison. But uh, he just got a few fines. So... Again. So that's that's 11. That's his 11th. It's his 11th felony holy shit but then he had extra misdemeanors added for the shotgun not being registered and the meth that's not a misdemeanor that's like in any other country those are crimes in america we, not we, registering we, we, i'm pretty gun. sure do we have do we, we have levels of crime don't we or is it it's just crime <laughs> it's just a <laughs> giant circuit it's a pie chart <laughs> it goes bad like hectic crime but it's all crime. No, right? it, it's a it's a flow chart. In, yeah. in in Australia, it is. Did someone have you die? done something illegal? <laughs> yes. yes, crime. There we are crime. <laughs> <laughs> and and at the bottom of it is just a picture of a great white and a dingo eating that shark. <laughs> <laughs> crime, sad face. Yeah. <laughs> Time to take a bite out of crime. All right, so train wreck number two, still in America. So. Earlier this year, there was, a, there was a, a big protest that happened in St. Louis. And it was all because a cop was found innocent after killing an unarmed black man. Because these are a few of their favourite things. Oh, rough. Yes. Classic. Yeah. America. So yeah. that's happened again. And what happens at this protest is it gets all out of hand. Protesters are going psycho. Police come in with brute force. They start using beanbag guns and hoses. And not like hacky sacks. I thought that's what I thought. Yeah, you know, be- beanbag guns sound harmless, but they're they incredibly do. painful. Yeah, uh, hoses. I say as someone who's never been shot by one. <laughs> 
hoses, sprays, the whole nine yards, right? Uh, so a guy named Luther Hall, who is running away from the commotion, he's intercepted in a van by four officers. <laughs> How's that for an image? Yeah. There are just cops cruising around, hanging yeah. out of a van. Yeah. <laughs> Crapping and, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> the term cruising for a bruising <laughs> has never been more per- pertinent because they get out of the car and they order him to get on the ground. He complies, but then they proceed to beat the ever-loving shit out yeah, of this guy. Completely. I'm talking face smashed into the pavement, oh. repeatedly kicked and hit with batons. His phone is smashed. His camera's completely destroyed. Just another job well done, St. Louis Police Department. Oh, God. And that's the end of that chapter as they dust their <laughs> hands off. <laughs> All done. Oh, I forgot to mention, Luther Hall, the guy they just beat, undercover detective of the St. Oh, Louis yes. Police Department. Perfect. <laughs> Because how bloody good. I wonder how many times he said that and how many times they were like, we're going to beat you extra hard for lying, (laughs) (laughs) you fake detective. Well, he, I mean, here's the thing, right? Because if he didn't say that, then I feel like that's all square. Yeah, if they didn't, like if he did say it, he'd be like, whoa, whoa, I'm a cop. And they're like, okay, sorry, we just thought you were one of the normies and we're going to beat the shit out of you. That's no better. Not, Not for one second. But the fact that they beat the crap out of him and the first thing that you would say if you're an undercover cop and a van full of cops that look like they're the A-team <laughs> roll through a protest grabbing guys. If they start beating you up and you don't say, hey, guys, and then say the cop safe word, which I assume is some kind of one-syllable thing because cops, yeah. uh, then you're an idiot. Yeah. You, like, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's fine. I'm just saying that he had an out. And if he didn't take it, then the sympathy evaporates very But I far. guess it's better for him in the long run because surely he's going to get some money out of this. Because Ooh. he... So they're on trial at the you moment. Are, you are thinking like an old, old Italian man now. I sure am. <laughs> His pants are right into my <laughs> armpits. Get your so neck brace on. They, they, they're on trial right now, the four officers, for this beatdown. Sure, as they should. As they should. And... Basically, what had happened over the course of the trial, when they were just like, the the guy, Luther Hall, like, obviously, he's a cop, so he's just like, great, going to look for names on badges and blah, blah, thinking like a person under pressure and with all the cop training, <laughs> yeah. knows exactly who the four were, points them out in a lineup, which is why they're on trial, and when everyone's just like, cool, the FBI is like, great, let's get access to those phone records, and they're just like, fine, that's all good, open up their messages... Can't wait to beat the shit out of people tonight. (laughs) Cannot wait to straight up fuck people up. All the messages between them in this chain is all about going ham on protesters' faces. (laughs) It's so fucked. And so anyway, one of the the four, which is the only females, is one female police officer and three males, she committed... She was just like, yeah, basically this is what happened. He was resisting arrest. We just did our jobs. And then they found categorically that wasn't the case. Perjury. Oh, she's again, going to prison. To it. Yes. She's going to prison. So I guess the system works. Question yeah. mark? Absolutely. Perjury, prison time. Meth and an unregistered firearm, on you go, son. <laughs> <laughs> you, you live to meth another day. <laughs> put, that, put that with your other dozen bullshit fights. <laughs> so good. All right. So train wreck number three. As you may or may not know, and I definitely don't care, the Euro, <laughs> the Euro qualifiers are happening right now. I don't care. So, yeah, I d- didn't think you would. But you might care about this. 
Albania v France. Love that. In Paris. Oh, yes. It's gay in the good way. Oh. So, gay oh. Paris, Albania v France. Yeah. The Albanians do not fuck around. We know how weird that country is. Yeah. They, they had a dictatorship there. A bloke literally closed off the country from the world for about 50 years. Yep. Super weird. But also, people started to go there now. My pilot mate went there, and it was beautiful. <laughs> it was, honest to God, it was so beautiful. And you'd almost go there just to lose the kidney of your own volition. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the only price. That's the it's, that's the tourism it, campaign. <laughs> it's an all you can eat buffet. Price one kidney. <laughs> <laughs> the Albanian buffet. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing but totalitarianism and borscht. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you, it's it's just got great slogans. It's just like. Win at life, lose a kidney. <laughs> Albania, come here, 2020. <laughs> right, so Albania v France in Paris. Anthems are being played. And obviously the away team goes first. You play their anthem first. Anthem starts playing. And the camera, we've all seen this. We've all seen sporting things. The camera's panning across the thing. Usually you will see people, or, you know, men, women, you know, crying or... Yep. Or you know, mouthing the lyrics mouthing or the lyrics, not doing or that. Or singing the lyrics yep. really loudly and off-key. Yep. You know, everyone knows that. The look that is across all of their faces... It's bewilderment. dead set confusion and bewilderment. Wrong anthem. It's the wrong anthem. Andorra's anthem is playing. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> fans, fans are pissed. And as this song, like... It, it's like being in a club where a DJ plays, like, the first verse of a song and you get super into it. <laughs> And then he mixes it into something completely different. And you're like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's like everyone is booing <laughs> and hissing as they continue to play the anthem. Oh. Eventually, it gets cut off, right? The Albanian players are pissed. <laughs> Didier, De, Didier Deschamps, the, the French coach, comes over. He's like, I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> and the Albanians are like, we're not fucking going anywhere. And this game is not starting until they play the right fucking anthem. So they're like, fine, 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 fine. So some calls are made. This the is this is for the DJ is the last last chance. Yeah. You have one remaining crack because the French if, will oh. guillotine you. Oh yeah. If this yeah, this is his last crack. He really needs to pull out horses by Daryl Braithwaite <laughs> as the closer. Time to pull it out of the oven. <laughs> time to pull it out. Everyone's super drunk. <laughs> or in this case, super <laughs> angry. So he gets up there and plays horses. I.e. Mm. the Albanian national anthem. Yep. Finally, it all gets done. Right afterwards, stadium announcer gets on the horn. We pride ourselves on doing a good job. We didn't mean any offence. We apologise unreservedly to the players and the nation of Armenia. No! (laughs) 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 There's just zero respect. This is is the ultimate power play. (laughs) (laughs) How fucking it twice in a row. I guarantee the, the the guy on the ground announcer is also the bloke pushing the buttons. So this 100%, is hundred percent, and he gives oh, no fucks. This is the problem when you close your country off for fifty <laughs> years. People forget about you. L- like Albania, I'm pretty sure is larger and more populous than both of those countries. <laughs> Definitely Andorra. Andorra is a tiny country within Spain. Yes. Uh, it ha- Hence why the French are constantly worried about it. They're like, look at that mini Spain down there (laughs) laughing at us. (laughs) What are they plotting? 
Well, actually, it's mini. It's 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 literally it's it's a it's a mini half Spain, half France. Yeah. So so. And I've actually read up on Andorra because I was going to go there. The French president and the Spanish president, or the Spanish king, I forget if they have the monarchy, they are both the co-princes of Andorra. Oh, good. It's like vice principals. Yeah. Phenomenal. Sick. <laughs> so, but, you know, Albania, Albania got smacked 4-1 just by the by, so maybe they should pretend to be Armenia. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 did, that, was, uh, that, you, that, that, that was Armenia. <laughs> did you say Armenia got smacked 4-1? No, I said Albania. Good. Good. <laughs> so we don't have time to roll this those, back. Those are the train wrecks. <laughs> we have Rob Alexander Stout and his homemade shit bomb. <laughs> we have number two, which is police give a fucking super super smackdown to a police officer. <laughs> and we have number three, Albania slash Armenia slash Andorra super mixer. <laughs> All right. So. There's a there's a clear winner, and it goes to the instance of so many points at which this could have been avoided. Yeah, sure. Wrong anthems, wrong ground announcer. That's pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> Police smackdown on a detective. That's quite stupid. <laughs> but a bloke with eleven priors who makes a shit cannon <laughs> fires it straight at his ex friend. Calling it his ex-friend in the news and is not given any more fe- felony sentencing or prison, he gets the train wreck trophy. So it is Rob Alexander Stout. Rob Alexander Stout, you in the train wreck trophy for this week. Play the sting. You suck. Great. Which then brings us to actually a- just one moment. One moment. I I, I forgot a very important shout out. That final one, the Albania, Armenia, Andorra thing, sent in by. Fan of the show, good friend of the show, Dave Sansom, a.k.a. Shaky. Ah, over perfect. There, lives over there in Texas. Very, uh, very avid listener. Thanks for sending that through, mate. Amazing. Also, if uh, this is one of those things that Dave would have looked at and gone, yeah, I don't know. Uh, no one in Texas knows where any of those places are. <laughs> France, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's part of Texas. <laughs> However, <laughs> everywhere else, I don't know what that is. So we roll through to One Star Reservoir which is where Rick has gone through and in an increasingly difficult search found one-star reviews of literally anything ever. It sounds easy, but my God, is it getting tough? Have I got a stellar week for you, my friend? <laughs> Drop it on And me. this all comes from good friend of the show. He got, he got in touch through Instagram, avid listener Christopher. He is, his Insta handle is Christopher underscore runs. So I would have thought I would get more poos in the news from this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out he just likes to be active. (laughs) Absolutely. And speaking of active, here's the sting. You! I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. One star reservoir. Wow! Well, I was actively listening. But also, my brain was... Trying to figure out how I could <laughs> ham fist it in there. <laughs> now Very you can nice. actively continue. So Chris sent us in this because he is from Port Macquarie. And he sent us, he sent me this TripAdvisor page. I'm about to read you five oh. reviews. <laughs> all all, all Port for Mac the, locals. All for the same place. Amazing. Here we go. Heading. The rating terrible is a compliment. 
Went to Down Under on the weekend at the end of my Bucks night. Standards usually get lowered on Bucks nights, but intoxication is no excuse for ever entering this place and enjoying it. I'm still not sure what the $10 cover charge was actually for, but the doorman, Jabber the Hutt, made us realise <laughs> that sometimes you really should judge a nightclub by its front door. The staff working here resembled something between some sort of weird family circus and a Tasmanian caravan park. <laughs> Once inside, we quickly realise that this is the place that the entire world go to when they are not eligible for entry at any other establishment. <laughs> the first girl that spoke to us weighed, weighed about as much as three small trucks and proceeded to spray us with her underarm sweat as she stood in front of the industrial-sized oh, fan, which she was wider than. Oh, rough. To avoid a scene, we then moved to the dance floor, which is being dominated by three ladyboys. We apprehensively stayed for one drink, which I now wonder what sort of rare mouth infection I have probably contracted from this drinking glass. The smell of this place is forever ingrained in my clothes. It was that bad the family dog would not even come near me when I arrived home the following morning. If you go to this place after reading any of these reviews, you really need to give yourself a good uppercut unless one of the freaks inside gives you one first. It is such a unique place that I can't imagine how it could get any worse, yet I can't imagine how it could get any better. <laughs> How's the sign-off? Oh, that sign-off is just amazing. So Down Under's a club. It is. Oh. And it Ow. has another nickname, which I'm about to get into. Here's the second one. Surely its nickname is The Clunge. <laughs> Heading, <laughs> easily worst place on earth. <laughs> this is how it went down. I checked reviews, couldn't believe it was that bad and thought, yeah, karaoke on a Wednesday. We can have a look at that. Asked reception at the hotel if reviews were accurate and was advised, yes, but you might have fun just from laughing at the people that go. They referred to it as smuts. Oh. <laughs> and described what? it as a car park with a carpet. Advertising not to expect too much and you may have a good time. <laughs> Being lovers of a laugh and especially karaoke, my group decided to go and give it a whirl. Upon entry, the bouncer was rude and generally hopeless with people except for the underage girls that he seemed to let in quite readily. <laughs> Welcome to Port Mac. <laughs> and once inside, he followed us in and moved us to another table because he couldn't see the TV anymore from the entry. <laughs> Once inside, you could smell nothing but urine and something else I couldn't put my finger on, but dead animals are more of a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I also immediately noticed that the place is a car park, as it is pretty much separated from the car park next to it by a paper-thin wall and two fire doors that they have... <laughs> That they have open at all times, which is unfair to the car park as it brings it down with it. The car park seemed like the nicer place. The barman is a slimy, fat little grub shaped like an apple and has the personality of a boiled cabbage that's had a bad day. And promptly informed us that prices go up on drinks about 50 cents an hour and that even though we advertise karaoke, to start at 8, it won't be on till 10, which turned out to be a lie also. <laughs> the owner was mulling around in a singlet looking exactly like Jabba the Hutt, so I was fast realising that everything in the reviews had been right so far. <laughs> Basically, after finding out that the only saving grace, which was to be the karaoke, was never to happen and the place was actually worse than anything... Uh, uh, oh, my God, sorry. This guy's punctuation is so fucked. <laughs> yeah, Let me start doing, that again. Doing a stellar effort trying to translate this. Basically, after finding out that the only saving grace was the karaoke that was never to happen, and the place is actually worse than anything any among the group had seen, we left. Jeez, that's hard without commas. Oh. 
The place is so bad, I wish I could give it a rating of worse than terrible, as the only good thing to come out of our visit to this location was that for the rest of our trip, we were all laughing about their hideousness and lack of quality. One thing, a previous review, or one thing though, a previous review is a little harsh on it, as it doesn't smell like vomit anymore, because the urine smell was way too bad <laughs> to possibly make out any vomit. <laughs> Never go here. It is the hole of holes. <laughs> have you been to Port Macquarie? I have not. It's terrible. And I'm not surprised by these reviews one iota. The fact there is a club there amazes me. (laughs) Fucking baffles me. Here's the third one. Heading. Ruined my holiday. Went with a friend and my partner expecting to continue, which was what was a great night out. Fuck, these people have written so poorly. So... Let me start again. Went with a friend and my partner expecting to continue... What they're meant to say is a night which was great. <laughs> Good oh, lord. In Down Under, which is referred to as Smuts, it was literally the worst club I've ever been to. Smelt so bad, so many drop kicks in one place was unbearable. When I asked where the smoker room was, I was told there was none, and if I didn't like it, to go somewhere else, which I did, and that somewhere else is home, where I should have stayed. <laughs> Not to mention $5 to enter, save your money. Five bucks. You can't charge cover. <laughs> For anything less than absolute royalty these days. <laughs> this, this no joke sounds like someone has gone. All right. Well, I'm banned from running a pub. Guess I'll run a karaoke thing <laughs> with a bar. A car park <laughs> with a tent over the top. Karaoke. <laughs> Here's a fourth one. Heading bottom feeders. Yeah, perfect. Perhaps it was the potent stench of urine and or sweat. Perhaps it was the $20 cover charge for New Year's Eve when other places weren't charging to discover that the place was a hovel. Perhaps it was the owner rudely shooing my partner and I away from his table that was unmarked that he had left and subsequently returned to drool over the spasming creatures on the dance floor reminiscent of Jabba the Hutt. Either way, this has got to be one of the saddest, most pathetic places to go in the Southern Hemisphere, (laughs) if not the world. (laughs) Sure, freaks of nature's... Sure, freaks of nature and rock spiders need somewhere to go, but this cesspit should have been closed down in the 80s, probably the last time it was cleaned. This dive had woeful music, angry little trolls for staff, and no doubt its fair share of fungal infections. (laughs) So if wallowing in your own slash other deformed beings' filth is your thing, then by all means plunge into this septic subterranean rat hole of shame and regret (laughs) we've left (laughs) promptly after one drink. Oh, wow. The, the Star Wars reference is getting an absolute run. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Some, and here's, here's the final one, the fifth one, short and sweet. Heading, good. You could keep an eye on your car from the dance floor. <laughs> the only plus point is that you could see your car from the dance floor. This club is literally a car park. <laughs> One star. <laughs> What's your mate's name? Which, uh, which one, the guy that sent this in? Yeah. Uh, it's, it was just a listener. Oh, who's the listener? His name is, well, I don't know. His name's Christopher. Okay, great. Christopher, when you hear this, firstly, sorry, because Port Macquarie sounds like just the fuckedest hellhole on earth. But <laughs> also... fucktest. fucktest. Wow. The, the follow-up, I just did listened... You, did you catch horrible diction just off this? Absolutely. I just listened and watched you try and translate that stuff. <laughs> my and brain now my almost v- exploded. My vernacular's just shot. Secondly, you need to go and get a picture of the guy who owns this place because oh anyone God. described as Jabba the Hutt three consecutive times <laughs> in reviews must be a slimy, slippery little grimace of a bloke. <laughs> 
I thought you could say gremlin. I want to see him <laughs> slugging his fat, stupid ass oh. all over the karaoke bar. He reminds me of like what a stereotypical janitor or sla- no slash landlord looks like on those old sitcoms from the eighties, like white singlet, chain, <laughs> hairy, sweaty. Bald, fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm imagining three scoops of ice cream stacked one <laughs> next to the other and the other one on top of the front one, slowly melting. <laughs> Stick arms on it, move it slowly forward. Yeah, it's a snowman slowly melting. Only it's not water, it's sweat. <laughs> oh, great job, mate. Fantastic. Well, that leads us on <laughs> to <laughs> the meteor portion of the podcast, it is the shit show story time. Gus, you've gone away and you've delved into a historical shit show of uh, of huge proportions. And mate, I'm so keen to hear what you brought <laughs> for us today. <laughs> All right, mate. So Dresden, I know it well. Do you know? Weirdly enough, I'm already with the asides. My mother's family is from Dresden. Fantastic. Is your actual last name Tansler? Shit. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have questions for your grandfather. <laughs> no, it's not. But go on. Okay. So we're going to 1877 yep. in Dresden, Germany. Where the dolls are from. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> where, where the dolls were bombed. <laughs> <laughs> A young man is born. As most are. Some aren't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There was a young boy who was never born. (laughs) What? Oh, God. The right to choose. Anyway, (laughs) he was born Carl Tanzler. Or as I'm going to call him for the remainder of this story, Creepy Carl. (laughs) I thought it was going to be some cool name. Or as I called him, (laughs) K-Tans. Big Papa T. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nah, nah. Creepy Carl. So... Uh, his father died shortly after he was born, so his father's dead. Um, <laughs> and so Every time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, everybody knows and never loves yeah, he's dead. Anyway, completely. Because it's not the, an important <laughs> the story. Late 19th century in Germany, people are dropping like fucking flies. <laughs> so his, his dead dad leaves behind. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, Carl's mum and Carl's sister, because no one in this story has a name apart from creepy Carl. <laughs> Okay. And that is not for lack of research, because I'm the research guy. You just want me to keep a laser-sharp focus <laughs> on <laughs> Creepy Carl. Absolutely. <laughs> I am funneling your energy and attention straight to Creepy Carl. And I already love this story, because as you well know, my brother's name is Carl. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> the German spelling, too. Yeah. As is this one. Funny what are the chances? <laughs> as I live and breathe. <laughs> anyway. Strike me down. <laughs> So, when he's 10 years old, Creepy Carl is visited <laughs> by his dead ancestor, <laughs> Countess Anna Costantinia yep. von Kossel. Just rolls off the tongue. Ooh, the oh. old, <laughs> the imagine, old imagine, dead, oh man. dead aunt Anna. Yeah, imagine if, oh, if him and Nonkawuse in a room, <laughs> <laughs> all the stories they would tell. Completely. Get a pen. <laughs> Write this down, Carl. <laughs> also, Lotto numbers also, from the late 19th century. <laughs> also, who's your new friend? Aren't you going to introduce me? 
<laughs> anyway, so uh, his dead ancestor, who I assume is friends with his dead dad, um, comes to <laughs> <laughs> good mates, yeah. appears to him in a dream and shows him the face of a strikingly beautiful dark-haired woman who is his true love. So he's yep. so he's ten. Yep. It's you're you're nodding. I feel I, I feel like there's a possibility that you have heard the beginning of this story. <laughs> I might have. You're German, of course you have. <laughs> this is like an Aesop's fable. <laughs> Try Christmas story. <laughs> Mum would break out the Stollen. <laughs> it was rock hard and full of glacé fruit. <laughs> and she would tell us the story about creepy, creepy Carl, Carl around the fireplace. And your brother would be like, Mum, why do you tell this every Christmas? <laughs> Carl is my name. And she's like, shut up, creepy Carl. <laughs> As the fire was roaring in the 38-degree heat of Australian summer. (laughs) Anyway, so as a young man, Creepy Carl displays an ability to impress others. He projects a confidence which helps him gain access and opportunity that other people wouldn't through, basically, he is a fucking liar. (laughs) Creepy Carl is a known liar and a dead-set fraud. Holy shit, this is my brother. Yeah. Big time. Known liar. <laughs> you wait till you see Dead Creepy Carl's broad. YouTube series. Oh, holy shit. Oh, my God. Anyway, so, for example, he boasts that his resume by 1912, yep. so he'd be, what, 25? Yeah. 35, maybe? Fuck, I don't know. What am I, a maths guy? <laughs> you, can re- ma- you can research all you want, <laughs> fancy college boy, but you don't got the numbers. <laughs> 35. There we go. I did him basic. <laughs> <laughs> he, ha- he has nine advanced degrees. Now, okay. now, as a man who took five and a half years to finish a jazz degree, I call bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because nine degrees by 35 is fucking impossible. Yeah. As someone who did advanced maths for two years in high school because general maths wasn't allowed <laughs> <laughs> at a school for academically gifted boys, I can tell you that that doesn't add up. <laughs> it certainly doesn't. So this is a dubious claim, obviously. Yeah. Even to, a, to the layman, that sounds dumb. Yeah. He also said that he held a variety of jobs, including, but not limited to, boat builder, (laughs) engineer, submarine captain, (laughs) oh my god, doctor, radiology expert. Some of these appear to have been (laughs) semi-true, then it it jumps the shark completely. Electrical engineer, inventor. Okay, so I'm just going to stop you there, because this is like, when I put in my resume... Excel expert. All I know how to do are basic sums in the cells. <laughs> like, proficiency in Microsoft Word does not make me a writer. Yeah, according to my LinkedIn, I have a uh, working proficiency of French, which, look, <laughs> I studied French oh, and, and in and high list- school. Oh, <laughs> listeners of this podcast would debate that. <laughs> no, what I do have is a primary proficiency of Icelandic. Snorri <laughs> Inarson. <laughs> to uh, and oh. Danish Jap. Take a break. Take a break. Also, I haven't told you, but I was having a look at our analytics, and we have some singular listeners for the entirety of shit show. We have had one total listen. For the entire time we've been doing this from Iceland. <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> and someone and from Iceland. If, okay, if my maths is good and we have <laughs> firmly discovered that that, that is, is not, not the case and you and I suck, <laughs> <laughs> 
then the chances of Snorri Enerson being the Icelandic <laughs> listener, the odds are pretty good. They're amazing. I reckon it could be him. Because there are four people and a yak <laughs> in Iceland, and the yak is in charge. <laughs> That's Mr. Yak to you. It's Harry Biggles. He's, he's on the move. He's amazing. He's going continent to continent, <laughs> or at least island to island, because who the fuck knows what <laughs> continent Iceland's a part of. It's an island. Fuck it. Anyway, so we've got one listen from there, yeah. and it was early. It was like episode three. We're now up to episode 52. Yeah. So that guy, not impressed. <laughs> Checked in. <laughs> fuck that shit. <laughs> Mike dropped the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, old mate. Creepy Carl. Creepy Carl. So, he keeps moving between countries before finally settling in Australia. Oh. Land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah, that's what we're called. In 1914. Bad time for a German to be <laughs> in the allied country. <laughs> not the best. <laughs> it's really not. Historians <laughs> describe it as not the best. As not the best. As suboptimal. <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't know this, but if you were a German in Australia in World War One, you were immediately arrested and put in an Australian concentration camp. Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I imagine an Australian concentration camp was a pub with barbed wire around it, but... <laughs> so let me, let, let me tell you something, because I heard it from my mother a lot growing up. I don't know whether it's the case now or whether it's the case then, but German immigration was huge into Australia, to the point where it's like one in like four or one in five people in Australia are from a Germanic background. Oh, yeah. I've been to the Barossa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I know I've all about the German <laughs> German immigration in I know Australia. all about Henschke wines. <laughs> <laughs> I, all, I know I've been to Handorf. <laughs> Look, they're all good. <laughs> oh, the, my God, you need so much money to go there. Kai's like, I would actually... <laughs> so expensive. Do you know what? I would prefer to use euros there. It would be cheaper. You can. That's how you know that it's all Germany. They're like, Deutschmark? No, that's a defunct currency. <laughs> Deutschmark? Okay, fuck it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Concentration camp in Australia. Once again, uh, there are bits of this story that are light on. So, let's fast forward to the end of the war. Yep. The only reason that I know that he was actually uh, a an inventor of some kind is because there's this account of a bloke he's in the concentration camp with, which is on an island. There's no fence around it. It's just an island. They just put everybody on a fucking island. Um, I love how you say that, like that's not what the English did to everyone in Australia. Hold on. They didn't put a fence around it. It's just a big fuck off (laughs) island. Just send them there. Don't make it out like I'm downplaying all of our horror detention (laughs) centres. I don't know what everyone's complaining about. Nara's just an island. Anyway, so, no, this was an island in the same way that, like, Cockatoo Island is an island. Like, it's 400 metres off the shore, not 500 k's away from everything. So, he, uh, Creepy Carl starts building this boat (laughs) to escape the island colony, back to the island colony. Everything, when you preface and start off every sentence with, then Creepy Carl does... It's the My best. God, does everything take on another dimension? <laughs> so anyway, Creepy Carl builds a boat, and I'm like, oh, God, where are the children? Are they kept away from him? <laughs> yeah, this was an adults-only island 
Thank God. <laughs> creepy Carl. Got to separate him from the kids. So creepy cr- Carl grabs a net. <laughs> like creepy what? craft. The thing Carl did on the island. <laughs> creepy craft. <laughs> it's a whole range of Carl activities. <laughs> <laughs> the original inventor of cheese singles. <laughs> creepy craft. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, so Creepy Carl's doing creepy craft on the island and trying to build a boat. And then the end of the war happens. So he's like three quarters of the way through building a boat to escape. <laughs> Wait. What's he building? A fucking ark? <laughs> How many animals are getting on this thing? Well, I mean, he's German, so uh, one of the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, nine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He cared too much about quality. Should have just got it out. Completely. Anyway, so the war finishes and Australia goes, cool, everybody that was here can fuck off, uh, but not back to your home country. You all have to go to Holland. Fucked if I know why that was. Yeah, everybody that was in an Australian concentration camp got sent straight to the Netherlands. (laughs) Bizarre. No, well, it makes sense. Maybe they just went there and were like, hey, guys, as you probably know, back in the day we were called New Holland. Well, time for you to go back to (laughs) Old Holland. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we don't want you here. Imagine Holland, though. They're like, yay, end of the war. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where are all these Australian oh, Germans coming from? It would have been super Australian, too. People would have gone up there and be like, all right, now usually you'd be white enough to be in this country. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't like and cannot pronounce any of your names. <laughs> all right. Get back on that ark that Creepy Carl is building and head back to Holland. You Dutch fucks, we're German, I don't care. (laughs) Can any of you make piss? Yeah, you six can stay, we'll put you in Adelaide. (laughs) Anyway, so he eventually finds his way back to Germany because it's Holland and it's landlocked. I assume he just walked there or something. Um, <laughs> I don't know. How's transport work post-World War One? Yeah. Uh, he gets back there in, uh, in like 1919 to be with his mother. He meets a girl, Doris and Anna Schaefer, in 1920 and immediately marries her. So by this point, he's 37. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> oh my god, I could see all the equations going around your head, the cogs turning. Uh nope. No. And two plus five. Carry the one. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's fucking 43. <laughs> Horror show. You are so bad I forgot, at this. I thought he was 1873. Anyway, so so he's 43 and he gets married. Right. Uh, immediately bangs out two kids. Upon his well, mother, she does. <laughs> I don't know. He learnt- <laughs> if he did, wow. creepy craft. <laughs> Ooh, watch me push out these kids through my dick. <laughs> creepy kids. Creepy colors. Two creepy kids. So, <laughs> by his mother's insistence, he moves permanently to the US. Don't know why. She just says, "Land of opportunity." Need to get out of Germany. Yeah. Which is probably fair because it wasn't a great time to be in Germany. Yeah. They were getting pissed on by literally the whole world. Yeah. Uh, he moves over there in 1926, goes to Cuba in order to provide a better life for his family, says, Cuba, yikes. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I love how his mother's like, go to America, the land of opportunity. And he's like, yeah, mother, goes there. Let's go to Cuba. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Is this creepy Kentucky? <laughs> I love it. 
Creepy Cuba, Kentucky, all with a K. It's like, you I've joined the KKK. <laughs> they're at the marina at Miami and they're just like, all right, everyone get in the boat. It's a pretty good boat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing shade on the boat. Yeah, basically. Uh, so upon seeing Cuba and being like, fuck that, you spill this with a C, I'm creepy car with a K, none of that noise, <laughs> back to the States and decides to settle down in none other than Florida. Yep. Yep. The Cuba of the States. <laughs> Zephyr Hills, Florida, where his sister was already living. And then he called for his family to come over uh, and they came to join him. So, he settled in Florida. Within a year, he leaves them again <laughs> and relocates to Key West, Florida. When you say he relocates, like he's leaving by himself. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, do, is, he's he, is he telling them or is he just like going out for a quarter milk and a stick of butter <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then just goes, hey, by the way, no, you haven't heard from me in a few months. Anyway, come meet me here. I'm getting pretty lonely in <laughs> insert location, Florida. <laughs> so, yeah, true. It's it's 100% that he's just a bizarre gadabout and just leaves, <laughs> leaves some mornings. His family doesn't know. He doesn't seem particularly close to them. <laughs> so he goes to Key West, Florida. Uh, and at this point, he's adopted <laughs> a different name. And he's Why? And he's, and he's calling him Count Van Kozel. Oh, man. Still Carl, though. Oh. Still creepy Carl. I just... But he wants to be Count Carl. <laughs> With a K. <laughs> With a K. Count. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is Count Carl. <laughs> Count Carl. Um, no, Count Creepy Carl. <laughs> KKK for K-K-K. short. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> in the Keys, he finds employment as a uh, radiology technician at a US Marine hospital. He is not trained in this. <laughs> However, he tells them that he is, and in a land before YouTube and a time <laughs> before the internet, somehow learns this. <laughs> he's not popular amongst his co-workers because he's fucking Creepy Carl. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also very German. He's so Deutsch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's which when I read you this, you'll go, what a dictionary definition of a German person. <laughs> he's not popular amongst colleagues who found him highly opinionated and excessively egotistical, but heavily efficient. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not just the absolute <laughs> Pinnacle of Deutsch. Oh my god, that is so German. But his eccentricities were largely heavily efficient. efficient. <laughs> what a word to use. His eccentricities were largely overlooked due to his relative competency. <laughs> so he's he's learnt radiology. So okay, I got a thing from that where it's just like okay, so he is heavily efficient at being okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Do you know what? It's a marine hospital. You know what? So am I. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was reading this, I'm like, cool. So the war's over. I'm choosing to read US Marine Hospital as like an aquarium hospital. <laughs> He's out there treating dolphins. <laughs> just, oh my God, this dolphin needs an x ray. <laughs> what if, if I put my dick in the hole on the head? That's <laughs> uh, creepy, uh, Carl. Uh, c- creepy, Carl. <laughs> They call him the ex-dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be friends. <laughs> Ex-friend. <laughs> All right. So, enter stage right. Maria Elena Malagro de Hoyos Mes. 
Didn't Orford, butcher that one. Or for short, Maria Allegra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call her Hot Elena. <laughs> so she's born on July 31st, 1909 in Key West, Florida. Right. So she's, <laughs> what are the maths there? <laughs> Uh, by this point, it's and she is twenty-two, so she's. But there's a big age gap there, huge age gap. Right. So she's a beautiful girl. She's the daughter of, in what is one of the more stereotypical Cuban jobs, a cigar maker. <laughs> <laughs> she has she has luxurious dark hair and an appealing shyness. Weird. <laughs> I want to make it very sorry. clear. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> did, did you show? <laughs> I I have taken some of this did verbatim. You, did you say shyness? <laughs> Correct. And a and a pe- and appealing shyness. What the fuck <laughs> does that mean? I don't know. Spell I, it. I, Spell <laughs> it. No shyness, as in like the act oh. of being shy. What did you think I said? I thought you, I thought you created a new body part. <laughs> yes, and she boy, she had <laughs> one hell of a shyness. <laughs> you know, shyness. The part between the two boobs <laughs> is the shyness. An appealing shyness. Oh my god! Old timey speak. You oh, just hit me for six. It means anyway. So she's oh. shy, yeah. and that's appealing. <laughs> Um, Elena oh. had a beauty that didn't go unnoticed. Uh, with a shyness like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't deny that shyness. <laughs> so she had a fair share of admirers. Uh, early marriage was customary in Cuba, and so she married at 16. <sighs> wow. Yeah. So an old maid in Cuba. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Over so Get out of my house, Grandma. So, so she marries this bloke in 1926 at 16. She has a miscarriage and old mate gets the fuck out of Dodge, which is one of the all-time dog acts. <laughs> all-time that dog acts. So he moves to Miami, her ex-husband, which is, which is where, I guess, um, all dickheads go to roost. Oh, and it's still like that. Oh. Well, I mentioned this in the last thing. Miami... Sucks. <laughs> oh yeah. You fuck it sucks. If there is one thing oh, that I would put you. short odds on you getting tattooed oh down your arm, <laughs> it'd be it's, don't ever go to Miami. It is filled to the brim with human scum. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on April twenty second, nineteen thirty, Aurora de Hoyos, mother of Elena, of Hot Elena, uh, yep. Is concerned about her daughter's, uh, daughter's daughter's health and brings her to the marine hospital for examination. She's not a marine. No, they assess her and go, "Dis not dolphin." <laughs> <laughs> you take her human hospital, uh, and she says, "No, no, no, just treat my daughter, you idiots." Yep. Um, so it's determined the twenty-year-old was afflicted with tuberculosis. Tubi-P. Oh, okay. <laughs> Otherwise known as the Tubi C. <laughs> The little brother. <laughs> also, the also oh, Ghostface Killer, because in the early 1900s, tuberculosis was basically like getting a tombstone made up with your name <laughs> oh on it. God. No cure. No one knew what to do about it. Um, 
but yeah, it's. Do it's, they give it, you a discount if you got it? Early? <laughs> <laughs> it's a coupon system, <laughs> exactly. Um, early bird sale. So as fate would have it, creepy Carl was present and was the person who did uh, did the radiology exam. And the moment he laid eyes on Hot Elena, oh, he remembered yes. as a ten year old. Yes, weird dead aunt count. <laughs> Countess Anna Count or something. Chocula <laughs> <laughs> came to him in a dream <laughs> and, and took a quick break from uh, telling him all of the benefits of the delicious cereal to say, <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> delicious dark haired beauty <laughs> cigar. As dark as this beautiful rice crispy chocolate puff. <laughs> so he immediately falls deeply in love with her. Do you reckon in love with her because of the prophecy? Correct. Or like, yeah, but no, I mean like... He's never... Is this a chicken egg type scenario where he's just like, oh, I didn't really think much of her, but then it was like, the ancestor thing, and it was like, I'm meant to love her. No, no, like a meet, fir- first sight. Right. So he sees her, and there's, I mean, there's solid debate as to whether he thought that she matched his vision. Right. But he told everybody, that's the exact woman I saw. Here's another thing. Which is weird. The term, lo- the, 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 the phrase love at first sight, I think, like it's used by, cre- well, you know, it's you know, obviously the case in, for Creepy Carl. Yeah. I think it's just, it, it's a creepy thing in general. When people are like, <laughs> love at <laughs> first sight, I'm like, you don't know anything about that person. No. None. Because whatsoever. You say, okay. Oh, you. So you, you, you <laughs> motherfucker, <laughs> you, you, you walking down the street and you see some chick and you're just like, I love this woman. I'm like, that's fucking creepy. And that is on the same level as some dude talking about a dead aunt showing you a face. They're just as creepy as each other. Oh, yeah. Completely. With They're the, exa- th- that is a like for like. <laughs> that's 19th a straight century. Sub. Straight dead off aunt the bed. <laughs> showing you a face is the same as you seeing a woman in the street that you do not know from a bar of soap and being like, I love you. Correct. I mean, the romantics out there are like, you two are dead inside. And you know what? Fuck those you guys. You know what? I know what the world is like, okay? <laughs> You've been Fuck around the you, block. all of our listeners. P.S. Never stop <laughs> listening to our show. So he falls in love with Elena, even though she consistently resists his advances. And when I say consistently oh, resists, wow. he is now 43. She is 20. There's a 23-year-old age gap. And let me show you... I'm getting a flash forward into my own life. <laughs> Let me <laughs> let me show you a picture of Creepy Carl. Sweet Lord. <laughs> now, now, you look me in the eye and tell me oh, that that is not Jesus. the Darucci guy. <laughs> that is... It, the picture of this... He looks like the Darucci guy crossed with Sigmund Freud. <laughs> he is... He's a horrifying-looking bastard. So most, mostly because he is... An old, white-haired, bald man. At 43? Yeah. Yeah, he looked terrible. Also, I've never seen... I'm trying to describe to her He has like an awkward stance, like one of the most awkward poses it's for a, a photo I've ever seen. It's, it's just a him gait. completely still with his arms by his side, but not in a natural way. No, in a creepy way. bizarre. <laughs> oh it was God. taken on his creepy camera. <laughs> Oh, my God. Which no, everybody look worse. No one took this photo. <laughs> <laughs> he set this up. 
All right. So oh, now that you've Christ. now that you've seen him, now that it's burnt into my skull, I'm going to show you Elena. Oh yeah, there is okay. There is a big, there is a big dip. In this country, we have we have a phrase, and it's it's called punching. punching. <laughs> and this guy is punching hard. Oh. He is God dead set Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Holy hell! So yeah, she's she's not into this, which is a surprise <laughs> to basically no one because again, also also creepy like, Carl. Yeah, also like a lot of women. <laughs> <laughs> to creepy anyone not into this. That's so, the slogan for women <laughs> in this day and age. <laughs> We're not into this. So, because of her x-ray reports and what he knew about tuberculosis, Creepy Carl... Uh, uh, call it by its real name. Uh, of course, TBC. Thank you. <laughs> creepy Carl knows that hot Elena only has a short time to live. Yeah. So he convinces the young patient that he can cure her with a special x-ray machine combined with daily doses of a certain tonic made from golden water that he created. Okay. I thought it was going to go way worse. I thought you were going to say, and daily doses of my dick. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, come on, he's, man. He's building to that. Oh. But, it, I mean, that's what he would love. But she just keeps, she's oh really, really playing hard to get. Again, oh. she's a 20-year-old with the 2BC oh. and he looks like death warmed up <laughs> at 43. <laughs> that cat is not getting better. <laughs> so he pours all his money into medicines and possible treatments for Elena. At that time, he also became reckless and disrespectful towards hospital authorities. Surprise, surprise. Her family at this point, you would say... Cool. Get where are him her, away from Where her? are her family and what do they think? They're bought in. They think that this guy <sighs> is the only person that can cure their daughter. Oh, no. So he starts illegally transferring x-ray machines, electrical and medical equipment to the Hoyo's house for Alina's treatment. All the while, oh. Creepy Carl is showering Elena with exorbitant gifts, jewellery, oh, perfumes wow. and clothing while proclaiming his undying love to her despite her literally not wanting a fucking bar of any of this. Yeah. This, oh my God. The amount of stories that I've heard and I'm sure you've heard from female friends where a guy just will not take a hint. Nah. Can't, cannot. That is the stop. extreme. Because usually it's just like, hey, I'm going through some stuff. I had a bad breakup. And I'm just not ready for something right now. I'm not into it. That's fine. This is, I have tuberculosis. <laughs> I'm fucking dying. I don't need this. Also, you are old as fuck. <laughs> you, oh my God. <laughs> Please. You look like malnourished Colonel Sanders. <laughs> and you are <laughs> creeping me the F out. <laughs> so, Cribby Carl begins administering his miraculous treatments to Elena. Oh, along sake. with a side proposal of marriage. Which was met with... <laughs> What? Yeah, he proposes to her. What? Um, which her dad goes nuts over. He's like, mate, you can't do that. My daughter is sick. What the fuck is this about? Oh, thank so God. I thought you meant went nuts, went, the, went other nuts the other way. Went nuts the other way. Holy no, no, no. shit. No, her, her, da- her dad goes, goes that's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you need to back off. <laughs> <laughs> I would love just once for a dad <laughs> to actually say that. Like, <laughs> I almost want to say that to my future kid if I have a daughter <laughs> or even, you know, son, you know, and they have their partner come over and just like, I would like your son or daughter's head in marriage. I'd be like, that's fucked. Mate, that is fucked. <laughs> that is fucked. You are cooked. <laughs> you are cooked. <laughs> Get out of my house. So he's obsessed with Elena. 
and is willing to do anything to win her affections. So he starts giving her family gifts. Somehow they think that this is totally fine and normal <laughs> and accept the gifts. Yeah, her family accepts gifts so, from Creepy Carl, so who's just proposed to their daughter, who he met like four weeks earlier. And is dying. And is dying. So despite Creepy Carl's best efforts, Hot Elena dies of tuberculosis at her parents' home in the Florida Keys on the 25th of October, 1931. Why do I feel like we are not, like we're only like halfway through this story? Because, Rig, this story just began. Oh my God. Creepy Carl pays for her funeral. There's Creepy Carl and a dead body. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) Pays for her funeral. And she's initially buried in a common grave. If you, however, no, no, no. with if the permission you, of no. her family, Carl then commissions the construction of an above-ground mausoleum in the Key West Cemetery. Now, during the move, he finds that Elena's body has never been embalmed and is in a horrible no, state no, of decay. No, no so he hires no, a local no, mortician no. to it, clean oh. and fix the body before placing it in the new tomb. That's it, it's all. It, that's okay, Rick. Gus. He just doesn't want her to decompose. Gus. Gus. Yeah. I swear to God, if this is heading down a super dark, corpsey path, I'm done. I th- feel like this is a prisoner's dilemma because there's a lot of story left and there's the door. Oh, Christ. So... The embalmed corpse is put in the tomb. The family goes, wow, how good's creepy Carl? He's paid for all of this stuff. He's given us all of these gifts. He cared for our daughter and tried to save her. It just didn't work. I guess that's the end of that chapter. And Carl's like, it sure is. And they go, hold on, what's that on the mausoleum? Looks like a door. And he's like, yes. And they're like, why is there a door? And he's like, that's okay, it's locked. And they're like, oh, okay. And just accept that as fact. Anyway, so Creepy uh, Carl has the only key to the door. All of these sentences that you're using, like, how good is Creepy Carl and why does Creepy Carl have a key to the door, <laughs> are just things that no one would ever say. Nope, certainly not. And also, I keep vi- envisioning your brother. <laughs> every time, <laughs> oh every God. time I Would say Would you just it. get my, my brother to act out this story? <laughs> Please no, because oh I know where this goes. You do not want to put your brother through what I'm about to tell oh you. Oh, God. So, Carl becomes so obsessed with Hot Elena, despite the fact that she's passed away, that he secretly visits her every night, bringing her gifts and flowers. Oh, my good Lord. He also, in pro- probably the biggest red flag of all time, arranges... Well, we haven't... We ha- there are so They're many flags. They're all red flags. It is just red flags to this point. Yeah. This is more of a red flag than the other clearly red flags. He arranges for a telephone to be placed inside the tomb. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Which in 1932, I, <laughs> I guess it's like... That's a million dollar job. <laughs> it's insane. We've got a big phone <laughs> contract, says AT&T. We've got to put something in the mausoleum. <laughs> Some doctor down in (laughs) Key West, Florida. (laughs) He believed that she could communicate with him through voice and song, but also I guess it was an old school thing where he just left that phone off the hook and he never hung up. I'm sorry. Which is is also fuck (sighs) off creepy. 
I'm sorry if 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 I've missed this detail. Isn't he still married with kids? Great. I'm glad that you asked. Yes and yes. Oh my god. But they're not here and he is here. <laughs> Facts. Wow. So, yeah, well that's he, a sentence. Well, <laughs> well, he's not here and, and I am here. here. So, oh my god. So, yeah, the telephone's just ringing right off the hook in the tomb. As, as, <laughs> yells affirmation. <laughs> okay, baby, when you wake up, you just dial one. It's my number. <laughs> okay, uh, no, you hung up. Oh, sorry. Oh, the phone line went dead. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> so he visits for two years every day. Oh, my God. People are like, this is fucking weird. Locals took notice, rumours begun, and he loses his job. Which... Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Thank Christ for that. Good. Shortly after this, in a move that Creepy Carl says Elena had asked him to do via a song she sung down the telephone, Carl removes Elena's remains from her tomb in a children's toy wagon and tows them from the cemetery to his house. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Anyway... No. Uh, oh, no, not his house. First, he takes her to a makeshift laboratory that he'd built inside the wingless fuselage of an old aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read that to you again oh because I guarantee my God. no one in the world is ever going to say this sentence again. No, th- I know. So Creepy Carl took Hot Elena's corpse on a children's toy wagon to the wingless fuselage of an old <laughs> plane that existed behind the military hospital in which was a makeshift laboratory. What? I'll just let you marinate on that one. So there his work began. He needed to work on on the corpse to return her to her full beauty. What? He he does what can, I guess, only be described as the closest that humans actually came to Frankenstein (laughs) by... <laughs> Basically, try. Uh, he's fighting a losing battle. She's a decaying corpse. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to stop the actual flesh leaving the body. <laughs> the, w- the way that you started that sounded like the trailer of a rom com. <laughs> She's a decaying corpse. <laughs> he's a fun, creepy doctor. <laughs> a fun, oh, creepy doctor. This, uh, <laughs> no one has ever said that. <laughs> one creepy doctor. One decaying corpse, one makeshift laboratory in the fuselage of an old decommissioned plane. <laughs> this year, opposites attract. <laughs> so, <laughs> so fucked. So, to better preserve her body, he uses wire to fortify her skeleton. What? He replaces her eyes with glass orbs. He oh, mixes Jesus. plaster and waxed fabric to replace her decaying skin. Uh, I, I'm not. Gonna it, what did he put in her shyness? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that, <laughs> which is why I have an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> when they do the when they do the autopsy later on, what they find a paper tube. Oh, oh yeah. no! It's all bad. Oh, can I retract everything I said? Holy uh, shit! Well, that's what he basically did. Was just retract and insert over and over again. Oh, no. So, so then he he applies disinfectant, formaldehyde, and perfume to her to mask the smell of rotting flesh. Oh, (laughs) 
Jesus. It's just. just what are you doing to me? <laughs> oh, so what are you fun. doing to these listeners? Anyway, so he finishes work on Hodelina, who's been restored Fuck's not at all to her former beauty no because way. she's a corpse. And, that and he's a fun, creepy, he's a fun, doctor. fun creepy doctor. <laughs> Opposites attract. <laughs> so then he secretly moves her corpse to his house because he finds he finds out that the military planned to move the old aeroplane and he's like, in one of the only moments of sanity that he's ever had, hmm, they might have a problem with this weird corpse that I've got in there dressed as a bride. So moves her to his house. He dresses Elena in a wedding dress and oh he puts her in his bed. God. He leaves her there as his wife. He keeps her body preserved, rubs oh. various oils, chemicals and perfume to mask the odour of the decomposition. He continues restoring her facial features using mortician's wax. Oh. Rig. This is a real thing that Fucking happened hell. by a real guy. <laughs> so, local people become suspicious. I don't know how it's taken them oh this long. God. All I can think is that Germany at this point, uh, Florida, sorry, at this point, is so bizarre because it's Florida. <laughs> so people are like, weird shit happens here all the time. Yeah. Florida's fucking bizarre. So he keeps, <laughs> he gets, he twigs people because he keeps going and buying perfume and women's clothing. And they're like... And they know for sure that he doesn't have a wife. Y- uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess they could have been like, maybe he's a cross-dresser, but I think that they they knew because of the tomb and the visiting it, and then he stopped visiting it completely after going there every day for two years. Tongues are wagging. Imagine you are one of those townsfolk, and you're just there munching on a tree biscuit, and <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> see Delicious some, tree chicken. You've, you've, got, you've got a Florida kebab in your head, and you're just like... Who is this weird unit? (laughs) Massively. Massively. And so that's when uh, a local kid decides that he's... was a kid? Yeah, a local kid decides that he's going to go and uh, look at Creepy creepy Carl. Looks through the window and Carl is dancing with Elena. This sounds like a fucking horror movie. It is a horror movie. This poor girl's family. This poor girl... Anyway, so the paperboy runs away and tells uh, people that he'd seen Creepy Carl dancing with a large doll. So people start putting it together and gossiping that uh, Creepy Carl has Elena's corpse in his house, a.k.a. the truth. (laughs) Elena's sister hears about this and she goes around to Creepy Carl's place, confronts him. (laughs) So... Creepy Carl reluctantly, in a move that I don't know could have played out any other way, he agrees to show this sister Elena's corpse all dressed in a wedding gown and propped up in a chair. I don't know what he was expecting her to say, but she doesn't go, cool, well, (laughs) seen it, glad that my sister's in good hands. She flips the fuck out As you and would. goes straight to the cops. Sure. Yeah, because that's her sister yeah. corpsed in a chair, in a wedding dress, not in the grave. With glass orb eyes. Oh, and wha- oh, it's, oh, all, it's all bad. 
it's, it's stinking of perfume. Oh. Just really laid it on heavy. Jesus. So Creepy Carl's immediately arrested and he's charged with grave robbing and abusing a corpse. I'm glad that there's a crime for that, by the way. Oh, yeah. It, it, there has to be. Yeah. And, and also, you'd, you'd think that he's done. Like, he is clearly guilty. Yeah. He's, he's busted. They found the corpse in his house. He showed the corpse. Yes. Yes, he revealed the corpse and then answered all of their questions. But the way that you're leading into this, oh no, rig. By the time he goes to trial, seven and a half years have passed. What? Since Elena died. Oh God! Yeah, she's been living with him for five and a half years. Oh my God! Fuck. And, and that, my friend, in Florida, is the statute, statute of limitations. No, don't. You, oh my God! So, so the court said, well. Seven years, not much we can do. Fuck off. Seriously. So they throw the case out. But during the case, every it's like thousands of people come to the courtroom and it can only fit a couple of hundred. And so it's just Chinese whispers out the, out the doors of the court as all of this information comes through where Carl pulls out all of the stops to explain how much he loved Elena, including this little tidbit. He'd planned to use an airship to take him and Elena to the stratosphere where space radiation would bring her back to life. <sighs> it's a lot. He said that in court, man. That, oh, man. To a judge. So, anyway, the judge... I, I reckon, oh, man, even, even as a dead woman, you, she's not into that. No, not not for one second. No way. No. Nah. Women, no. we're not into this. <laughs> Dead women, we're really not, <laughs> not into, into this. this. <laughs> so the judge throws this out and Creepy Carl's like, great. So now that all of this is over, can I have the body back? What? Yes. Asks the judge if he can have Elena's corpse back. And the judge is like, are you fucked? Because <laughs> that's how judges talk in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you are cooked. Yeah. So, so because there's been so much publicity oh about God. the case, officials in Florida proving that it wasn't just Creepy Carl who was fucked, it was the whole operation. They put the corpse on show in, in the Florida, uh, the Key West Library. What? For six months. So that people can come and pay a dollar to see it. I c oh my god! So hey, you can't go. You can't take her home. You creepy fuck. We're gonna put her on display for money. Yeah, correct. For cash. Florida sucks. Okay, I'm gonna send you a photo of oh what she god. looked like. Holy shit! Yeah. You wanna know a really weird thing? Not at all. Here it is. That wig on her head, and we will. We say that we'll post stuff to, to Facebook, but we will definitely post this pic. Yeah. That wig is made of hair that he got from Elena's mother. What? Correct. What? Yes. Elena's mother gave him the hair for that wig. Uh, I want to make it very clear. I, that's all the info that I have. So I too have questions. <laughs> like... 
willingly? Did she know that the corpse was there? No. Did she? So he's just like, hey, uh, Hotelina's mum. Um, I'm just one. I was just in the area. Uh, you look great, by the way. Um, I was just wondering if you're not using all that hair that you might be able to give me some. Oh, yeah. Hi. Hey, creepy Carl. Um, hey, thanks for uh, everything that you did for Elena, even all the really dicey stuff. Anyway, here's my hair. Do you need anything else before you go? No, I'm good. Great. Yep, that's it. That's, Fuck. That's the whole interaction. Anyway, so uh, in the same time that the corpse is on display, creepy Carl has gone... <laughs> Fuck, this is a drag. I didn't get the corpse back. But uh, <laughs> I got fired and, yeah, my family. Yeah, I guess I'd, I'd better deal with that. But first, I'm going to charge people 25 cents to come see my lab. So he oh. charged people 25 cents for years to come and look at his house where he embalmed a corpse. And people came in droves <sighs> because people are the worst then, this is the kicker. The people in Florida didn't run him out of town. The people of Key West loved him. What? Women were coming out of the woodwork saying that this was the most romantic story. Piss it was off. a story of a hopeless romantic, creepy Carl, who just couldn't bear to let the love of his life pass on, pass on and lay in the ground, so kept her alive in his heart. Whereas everyone sane was going, wow, that creepy Carl, he fucked a corpse. <laughs> so <laughs> he, kept, he put it in a wedding yeah, dress did, for five and a half years. Did all of those women know about the tube? <sighs> Dicey. I, I, I feel like that's a detail that would have probably turned the tide. Oh, jeez. Because that, that didn't come out until 1977. The, the tube? Yeah, because the autopsy was done under seal. Oh, fuck. So the I, was just, I was just about to say, it still wouldn't surprise me if they did know about the tube because, I mean, even Charles Manson got letters and visitors, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, these doctors didn't, didn't reveal that till 77. Ugh. Yeah, mental. Because, because he is mental. It's creepy yeah, fucking car. It was car. fucking bizarre. So, anyway, he eventually is like, yeah, cool. Guess I better go back to my family. Oh, and in this entire time, uh, he finds out that uh, his daughter has died from diphtheria. Anyway, so that happens. His daughter's dead. Uh, so so he's got one daughter left and his wife. Uh, he's got the dead, the, the dead not wife. Uh, his dad's dead. Um, there's, the people around him, there's a lot of people dead. So, so he's going to leave Florida. Or just, just the care that you put into this. <laughs> he's My going, God. He's going to leave uh, the Keys and go back to Zephyr Hills where his family are. And on his way out, he goes, you know what? Looks at the mausoleum, the tomb, and says, if Elena's not going to be in there, no one will be in there. And blows it up. <laughs> <laughs> He throws dynamite what? into the tomb and blows it the fuck up. Oh, dude, this guy's crazy. Yeah, he's insane. So anyway, goes back to Zephyr Hills. Uh, he's surprised that his uh, wife and kid are like, get the fuck away from us. <laughs> 100% you can't come in. <laughs> Your name is Creepy Carl. <laughs> 
And he's like, yeah, and you're my creepy kids. <laughs> like, fuck, no. Oh my Get out. Oh. So he, he resides somewhere else in Zephyr Hills, which he, where he stays until he dies in 1952. Three days after he dies, authorities find him. He is on the floor clutching a life-sized figure. He has made a death mask and put it on a mannequin and it's an exact replica of Elena's face. Oh, fuck And so he has gone, gone into death <laughs> holding oh, his corpse. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just the creepiest oh fuck God. ever. <laughs> he died so on brand. Yeah. You creepy <laughs> fucker. All, all the way through to the end. And you know what? The whole time he must have been like, yeah, see, I'm doing a good creepy craft. Is <laughs> I make the face, is good, I fix oh, up the hair from the mate. Fucking bizarre. That is so fucking cooked. So, so, so odd. And the fact that no one in that community Jesus. thought that it was time to call the cops at any point just did not stop this. It took the sister literally seeing her dead sister propped up on a chair in a wedding dress. This could have been stopped if the family were like, hmm, creepy old Darucci guy giving us a fuckload of gifts and he's already proposed to our 20-year-old dying daughter. Hmm, there's a lot of red lights going off in the coaching box. (laughs) Oh, God. Mate. (laughs) I don't even know what to say to you right now. No, it's weird. It's uh, it's creepy. I will not stop thinking about that face and the tube, man. The tube. Oh, the, tu- the tubes. Come on, man. That like you can kind of not go there in if you don't know, and then you ask the question, and the tube exists, and, and that's all bad. Like it's it's bad from there. And also, once you see the picture of him, you're like, nah, oh, not that dick. Jesus, no. I don't get why dudes like that are like venerated. Like, yeah, it's Florida. <laughs> I mean, Florida is now just old creepy people and tree biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Ugh. cannot. Fuck! I cannot deal. Anyway, mate, that was that was huge. That was huge, and uh, I'm just gonna let the people know how they can get in touch with us <laughs> to fucking complain. <laughs> Because holy shit, that was full on. Uh, so if you want to send us through anything like the good people did this week to be part of the show, please continue doing that uh, through the following mediums. So the first one, we've got Instagram. Look us up, Gus and Rig at G-U-S-A-N-D-R-I-G. Or look us up, Shit Show. Give that a like, smash that like button. Or if you want us to, se- or if you want to send us, rather, uh, something bigger, something chompier, send it to shitshow.au at gmail.com. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm still trying to put it all together. (laughs) So, well, you've got to go and discover your shyness. (laughs) And you have to go apologise to your brother. (laughs) Right, cheers, guys. See ya.
Thank you.